You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I feel like I'm supposed to do something. They would look at me with disgust on their face and they would say, why would you ever want to do anything here? This is the Sodom and Gomorrah of Thailand. So our whole goal, we want to bring the kingdom to wherever we're at. The kingdom of God is within, and we want to unleash it and and let it out as we live God's love. Doing this has cost a lot. I was married for 18 years, about four years ago. My wife got up, she left to take a volunteer to the airport. She never came back. Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer podcast. I'm your host, Darren Eubanks. On today's episode, I have Jeremy Krause, the co-founder and CEO of Thrive Rescue. This is an organization in Thailand that has multiple homes set up to receive and help thrive young girls who have been survivors of human trafficking. He is doing the Lord's work in Thailand, and he's absolutely releasing the kingdom of God into the lives of these young girls. I will give you a warning that today's episode, we're going to be talking about some mature content, may not be suitable for for young ears. We don't get too crazy, but we get into some details, into some somewhat graphic language at times about human sex trafficking. So I want to give you a, I want to give you that fair warning, give you the opportunity. If you've got young ears, they may not want to tune into this. It is definitely mature content at times, but this is an amazing, powerful ministry that Jeremy runs with his wife and his, his family is there. This is an amazing episode. I'm kind of in that vein right now of this human trafficking thing. Uh, if you, if you did, if you missed the episode with Tommy Green of Sleeping Giant, he also has an organization called Run Against Traffic that they're they're fighting. But today's episode is Thrive Rescue. It's all about rescuing these young girls from human trafficking and giving them a home and the love and the training to not just survive, but to thrive. Jeremy's doing it on the ground, and it's fantastic. You can check out... Uh, that ministry thrive rescue online i've got all the information in the show notes of how you can reach them and it's in the episode so be paying attention check out the podcast anywhere podcasts are found go follow us on spotify go rate review subscribe and then share the episode on apple podcasts wherever you're at and you can find this if you're listening to just the audio version you can find this on youtube Go to YouTube and look for the Kingdom Bringer podcast. All the episodes are on there as well. That's it. We're going to get right into it. This is my interview with Jeremy Krause of Thrive Rescue. Be blessed. This is a hot topic right now. Me personally, I didn't even know this was a thing, you know? 
Like, yeah, I didn't even realize that. And not that I did, I didn't know it as a, it was a thing. And you're actually dealing with Thailand, which that, that was always kind of a known thing, but I'm in Dodge city, Kansas, you know, 28,000 people and it's happening here, man. And I, I had no idea. And I'm, I'm thankful for sure that there's guys like you and, and people that are, you know, step one, I think is like the awareness thing, right? Like letting people know, Hey, this is a real thing. This really does happen. It takes place, you know, but then sometimes that's as far as it goes. Right. And then you got guys like you that are kind of on the front lines. So share with us, man, kind of introduce yourself, share with us who you are, what you do. And, uh, let's start there. Sure. So, uh, my name is Jeremy and, uh, I'm the founder of Thrive Rescue. Uh, about 10 years ago, actually about 12, almost 13 years now, um, I had gone through just some crazy tragedies. You know, 2008, the market crashed. I was in the middle of, of like pastoring a church. We had gone from our living room to a hotel room. We outgrew that. Our first building outgrew that, went to our second building. So everything was like awesome. I had a, had a job doing investment relations. Um, just a lot of awesome stuff was happening. And then 2008 hit the market crashed. The company I was working for didn't pay me for six months. And then they went out of business. Um, people couldn't even afford to like gas to get to church. And yeah. so it was crazy. And like, so it was just like all this craziness happened. And at that time, um, I, my wife was pregnant and, uh, she went into labor at seven and a half months pregnant and our daughter died at birth. So this all happened all at once. And, um, after that, I, I gave the church over to a friend of mine. I just said, Hey dude, I can't, I can't even like pastor right now. This is crazy. Like yeah. I've never experienced anything like this in my life. I didn't really know what to do. Um, and so I just took a year off. Uh, I took a year off. I went to Florida and, um, at the end of that year, I began to pray and just say, God, what, what the heck do you want me to do? I like, if I'm being honest, I was, I was mad at God. It wasn't a a problem of like, Oh, I don't believe in God anymore. It was, it was more of my problem is I believe in God. And why is this stuff happening to me? Because I was raised in, in an atmosphere where, if things are ha- bad or happening to you, then either you did something wrong or you don't have enough faith. Yep. And I wasn't doing anything wrong. I mean, I wasn't perfect, but I wasn't like in any blatant sin. I wasn't yeah. like, you know, doing gaggers of meth and, yeah. you know, and like getting drunk and like not, nothing like that. I mean, I was, I was a pastor. And yeah. so Anyways, I, I was praying at the end of the year and I just said, God, what do you want me to do? And I felt like he spoke to my heart and he said, go to Thailand. And uh, my first reaction was, I don't know anybody in Thailand. And immediately he spoke to me. He said, it's okay. I know lots of people in Thailand. Wow. So I got on the internet and within two weeks, I was booked solid to speak for three months in Southeast Asia. So I knew... I was like, that's, that's a God thing. I, I knew it. And so we went to, uh, I, I went to uh, Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia. Um, 
side note, really fun, cool thing is I actually was taken into the Bank of Islam in Malaysia, which is huge there. And uh, they they led me into this big conference room. And as soon as I got in, about 100, 150 people just all crammed into this big conference room. And uh, they were all Christian. And they all, instead of eating, they came to hear the gospel preached. It was wow. just awesome. Wow. Anyways, went to Thailand for three months. At the end of that three months, I was speaking at a pastor's conference and I don't know what it was, but my heart felt connected to this city. And I didn't know anything about the city. I didn't know anything about human trafficking. I didn't know anything about child sex trafficking. All I knew was I felt connected to the city. And so I would tell these pastors, all these Thai pastors at this, this Thai pastor's conference, I would say, hey, man, I, I really feel connected to this city. I feel like I'm supposed to do something. They would look at me with disgust in their face and they would say, why would you ever want to do anything here? Wow. This is the Sodom and Gomorrah of Thailand. Go up north, go to Chiang Mai. That's where all the other missionaries go. The weather's better. There's more Christians there. Uh, you can raise a family there. Go up there. Well, I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. So, um, so when I got back to America, I Googled the city <laughs> that I was in that I didn't know anything about and found out that on any given night, there was 20 to 30,000 prostitutes out. I found out that it was one of the capitals for sex trafficking in the world. And I, and then like, I didn't even, I had to look that up to find out what's, I was like, what's sex trafficking? I'm like, I know what prostitutes are, but what is sex trafficking? So I had to look that up. And when I found out what it was, I was just like, wow, that's so crazy. But then as I began to read, I found out that it was one of the capitals of the world for child sex trafficking. And when I found that out, like I had no grid to even like, it, it just blew my mind. Like yeah. I was like, people are selling kids for sex. What? Like, how does that even, that doesn't even compute. And so um, immediately I began looking for an organization that I could support um, that that just took in children 13 and under who had been sexually trafficked or sexually abused, um, and I couldn't find one. And so when I couldn't find one, I said, we're doing it. And we began to plan. We filed our 501c3. We did all of the, the stuff you got to do here in America, started sharing the, the vision, and people started partnering with us. And after a year of planning, I didn't, I didn't plan to move there. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do all this. We'll go over there once, twice a year. We'll start a home. We'll be done. You know, we'll, we'll just bring the church people over and everything like that. Yeah. Well, after a year of planning, God spoke to me again. He said, I want you to move there. Wow. And um, so we, people started partnering with us within three months after that, after God spoke to me, we actually had the budget to go over there, open a home and uh, and we could take care of six to seven kids in our home. And so we sold everything else that we had and packed our bags and landed with four suitcases. And that's how we started. Man, I want to get. This might seem crass to some people, but I kind of want to get like real basic. OK, sure. 
almost as an educational thing, because I really do think people hear terms like sex trafficking. I've even heard uh, sex tourism. Is that a thing? Is that a Absolutely. word they use? Can you, can you explain that? Explain, like you said, you had to go look up the definition. When, sure. when so, someone asks you what that is now, what is your definition for sex trafficking, sex tourism? What is that? So when somebody is uh, coerced, uh, is fraudulently uh, coerced or forced into um, a sexual act for the benefit of somebody else, that's sex trafficking. So they don't necessarily have to be moved from one place to another. They just have to be uh, fraudulently convinced, coerced, or forced to do a sex act f for the benefit of somebody else where somebody else gets paid. And that that's a very basic definition yeah. of, of sex trafficking. Um, sex tourism is... Uh, um, that, I mean, a lot of sex tourism is, is that's what it's based on is, uh, is sex trafficking people literally traveling um, for that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there are pedophile rings and there are, um, chat rooms and, um, and organizations that will help you find the best country, the safest country for you as a pedophile to go to, to get the youngest children that you desire. And so, um, uh, a lot of sex tourism though, is they don't talk about that. It's maxed as no, there's willing prostitutes and there's people that want to go do that. And so it's okay. And it's fine. In fact, I was on Facebook a, a, a couple, several months ago and I saw an ad by a big travel organization and it said sex tourism. And it was like, it put it in a positive light. And I was like appalled that they would even like do a whole piece on yeah. sex tourism. And so I, I simply, I got on there and I put in the comments, I said, this is nothing more. Most of this is nothing more than sex trafficking. And I, of course I got some people that said, you don't know what you're talking about and you're dumb. And, but then I got a lot of people that said, Hey, thank you for posting this. I can't believe. Yeah. These people even did a, a piece on this. So what makes what makes Taiwan such a hot spot for that? Thailand. Thailand, I mean. I'm sorry. I meant Thailand. It's okay. Yeah. People get confused. Sorry, they say, sorry you know, for all my Thai, Taiwanese <laughs> listeners. I was like, hey, I, I, we're going to Thailand. And so people would say, oh, so you speak Taiwanese? And I'm like, no, that would be in Taiwan that they speak Taiwanese. Thailand. In Thailand, they speak Thai. Yeah. What makes Thailand such a hot spot for this you know i, I don't think it's just thailand i uh, think yeah. it's uh you know southeast asia is a big hot spot for it. philippines cambodia vietnam thailand you know i i mean just all over that area it's a hot spot um uh that, you've is, got a lot of europeans coming in there's a high population of, too is that kind of a yeah, the city that I was in um, had about seven hundred fifty thousand, maybe a million in the high season. Yeah. So you're talking about you're not talking about like the jungle. You're talking about a big city with bars everywhere. Yeah. Um, they call them beer bars. They have then they have go go bars. They have, you know, and and they're open beer like bars. So like 
you're sitting on the beach and there's just nothing but bar after bar after bar after bar with women sitting out there waiting for guys, calling out to guys to try to bring them in. Um, but that's not, that's not where Thrive Rescue comes in. Thrive Rescue really comes in behind the scenes yeah. where we work with the police and we work with other or legitimate organizations that are working with the government there and also government social workers. And, and so whenever a child is rescued uh, in that area, they bring them to us. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, we will go out some, we do a thing called the justice school where we have students from all over come in for like a four week crash course on, and, Time trafficking. We had the FBI come and teach us stuff like that. So when we do that, we will actually get out on the street and we'll do prayer walks. We'll come out and we'll actually do a count of different streets to to just to compare from the year before. Now we haven't done it for the last two years, but um, but we would just do counts to compare. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I, I think that it's it's a lot of Southeast Asia, and really now. I mean, with, with Epstein, yeah. you know, people are realizing that it's not just Thailand. It's not just, right. you know, it's, it's Russia, it's China, it's America, it's Mexico. It's, you know, is there, I guess one of my thoughts with that question was, is there governmental issues and governmental problems there that would, I don't want to say allow those things, but is there an issue there that's broken? Absolutely. Um, and, um, so I, I want to, I want to preface this before I answer, because, um, I, I want to honor the the Thai people in the country of Thailand for sure. And so uh, I'll say it like this. Yeah. What government isn't broken? Yeah. And so after that statement, I would also say this, if you're a pedophile and you've got a certain amount of money to spend, right? Yeah. You're going to go where you can pay off a government official the cheapest, right? Yeah. So in America, you need somebody like Epstein to get away with stuff like that. You need lots you, of money. You, I mean, you could, yeah. there's lower level people that get away with stuff, but you're not going to get away with it on the same level as if you go to Thailand or or other places. And so, um, d- does that answer? It does. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, pornography is a, is a cousin, right? I mean, it's not that far Absolutely. apart. And I think we know how thriving of an industry that is. And so I think yeah, there's, there's money. Basically dollar signs is the key what right, you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but I do have to say this. So, Thailand has really, you know, they were on the, the tier two. They got dropped down to tier two watch list. Well, the bottom of the list is tier three. That's like, we don't care what list we're on. We're selling our women and children. We don't care. Okay. So they were on tier two watch list and they did a lot of work. There's a lot of good um, police and a lot of good government officials that worked really hard with organizations like us and other organizations um, to get back up to tier two. Yeah. And so they, they went down and they went right back up. And so they, they are making strides to, to, um, to stop it. Yeah. Um, but will it ever stop? I, 
you know what? I, I love it when people say we're here to eradicate injustice and we're here to, we're not going to stop until this is done until we see this finished. But I kind of look to the Bible and I don't want to be a negative Nelly, so to speak. It's a human, it's a human issue, right? It is. And Jesus, Jesus told Judas, he said, you'll always have the poor with you. Yeah. As long as, as Yeah. And so I, and I don't we're called know to take we'll care able... of the orphans, right? And we're called to take care of the the widows, right? So that's the so thing. So I don't that know if we're we'll eradicated. Yeah. You know, I I do know that I'm here as long as it's here. Yeah. We're not thrive isn't going anywhere, um, and we're going to do everything we can to stop it. Um. So so yeah. let's so let's talk about that. I mean, where where does thrive come into play? So maybe explain the process again. You know, I'm. I'm okay with getting as crass as we need to get to, to, to explain the point, but I, what is the, what is the trafficking process and where do you guys come into play, um, as thrive? Sure. So, um, so our whole goal, the kind of the vision that the, the Lord put in my heart was, um, was to go over with a servant's heart. Um, because we want to bring the kingdom to wherever we're at, whether it be in America, or we're just going to another state, whether we're going to a friend's house, yeah. whether we're going to another country, we want to bring the, the kingdom of God is within yep. and we want to unleash it and, and let it out as we live God's love. And so, um, so there is, uh, so we always work with police. We always work with the police. We work with government, social workers, um, will we go out? Yeah, we'll go out and we'll keep an eye on things, but we always report it back to the police because we're not there to take the job of the police. Yeah. That's, that's their job. And if you go into another country and you try to do the police's job, that makes them look bad. Yeah. We're not there to make anybody look bad. We're there to serve. We're, we're there to bring the kingdom of God. And, and, and so that's what we do. Now, the first girl that we got, I will tell you this, that, um, I was networking with pastors and, um, and just anybody who I could meet over there and just saying, Hey, this is what we're here for. This is what we do. And, um, I got a call one day from a pastor. He said, I have a friend on an Island, uh, who has rescued a girl and he doesn't, he has actually he's rescued two girls they're adopting one. They don't know what to do with the, uh, the other one. And I said, well, that's what we're here for. And so he said, well, let's go to the island. So the next day we got on this boat, we went to this island and we met this pastor, just precious man of God, just really just humble. And just, um, you could tell he just, he knows God, you know, and, and, um, we start talking to him and he says, you know, I, I, I rescued this girl um, found her, took her in, found out that, um, her mom or her grandmother, they weren't sure which one, because they live on an Island, they had these big ships that were lining up to get into port. Yeah. So one of her family members, either her mom or her grandma, were taking her out on a little boat out to those ships, collecting money, dropping her off for a couple hours, even a day, and then coming back the next day and picking her up. We're talking about a, a, a 13 year old girl. Yeah. 
being dropped off on a cargo ship with men from who knows where. I've got three daughters, bro. Three yeah. Daughters. Yep. I, I'm, I have two and I'm about to have one more. Yep. And I, like, I'm just like, wait. Something's broken there. Yeah. So e- everybody involved, there's something broken there. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, after we met, we talked, he said, well, can I come, can my wife and I come to your home tomorrow and bring her with us? I said, absolutely. And, and the, he wanted to do that just to make sure that we were real, that yeah. we really had a home. He wanted to make sure that she was going to be put in a good place. And He's protecting her, right? Absolutely. She needs protected. Which is, yeah, which is awesome. And yeah. so they came the next day. Um, and one of the things that we, you know, we try to do everything with excellence, but one of the things that we try to do is when anybody stepped into the thrive home, I wanted their reaction to be, wow, this is nice. Wow. So we painted it. We put all kinds of, um, you know, cool furniture and stuff. And, um, anyways, they came in and that's exactly what they did. And we gave them a tour of the house and I'll never forget this. The girl, um, she, we, we went upstairs, we showed her where she would be staying we showed her the bunk bed that she would be staying on and she ran over to the bed and she sat on it and she like, she pushed it like that. And she looked at me and she said, spring. And I said, yeah, there's, there's springs in there. She had never been on a mattress before. And so at the end, you know, they're getting ready to leave and, and we're talking and they're including her in the conversation because she doesn't understand English and, or she understood a little bit, but, and they said, uh, do you want to stay? And without hesitation, she was like, yes, I want to stay here. And so that was our, that was our first girl. And um, it was amazing to see God work in her life because when kids come in, they're, they're in a state of fear. They're yeah. in a state of shock. I'm sure it's hard to trust they're, anybody at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And, but what amazes me is that most kids within a matter of like three days, maybe a week, they're laughing, they're playing, they're ready to go to school. Wow. I mean, God literally touches their minds and their hearts and their bodies in some cases. Um, I'll tell you the story about our youngest one, if, if that's okay. Yes, man. Um, we got a call from the police, which wasn't uncommon. Um, and they said, we need you, uh, to send some staff to the hospital. Uh, we, uh, we have somebody there that is, um, we need to, we need you to make sure nobody's going to kidnap them or hurt them. And so we need you there 24 hours taking shifts. So we had staff taking shifts and when we showed up, it was a two year old. Um, she had chunks of hair missing out of her head. She had burn marks all over her body. Um, and somebody had tried to rape her and, uh, she had a broken elbow as well. I almost forgot that. And I just remember like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take shifts because I'm a guy and we wanted to make sure that we had Ty 
people or somebody that, yeah. you know, a woman figure there because maybe she would feel more comfortable with a woman figure. And yeah. we try to always be sensitive to that. And so I just remember like, she didn't want anybody touching her. It was like a no go, like no, she didn't want anybody touching her. And so after a, a, like, I think it was like the second or third day, these doctors came in a doctor and a surgeon and, you know, they, they checked her and, and, uh, they said, we're going to most likely, we're going to have to do reconstructive surgery. And so, um, they said, we'll come back tomorrow, do another evaluation and, um, and then we'll go from there. And so we just began to pray and, and, and we just, we just began to cry out and say, God, she's been through enough. She doesn't need to go through another surgery. Lord, we need you to heal her father. And we just thank you for healing her. And so I'll never forget it. You know, these two Buddhist doctors come in and, and, you know, and they give her an evaluation and their eyeballs are like popping out of their head and they look up and they're, they're like, you know what? We've never seen this before, but she's healing so fast Amen. that we don't need to do any surgery. And so of course I'm like, Jesus, yes. you know, I know, you know, that was a creative miracle that God did. And, yeah. and, um, and if I can add to that, you know, we brought her back to the house. And like I said, most kids, it's, it's three to five days and they're back to normal. And usually after about three days, they know that I'm a good guy. And if, when I come to the house, they all say, hi, so would he Jeremy? And they give me a big hug. And, yeah. and when I leave, they do the same thing. And so I noticed after a week, she wouldn't even, she wasn't even looking at me. Week and a half goes by nothing. Two weeks goes by and I, I come to the house to do some work in the office and have a meeting. And so the kids are there and I say, so what do you cop? And all of them, so what do you cop, Jeremy? And they give me a big hug and everything's fine. Do my meeting, get ready to leave. And I see her playing with this dollhouse and she's got a little tiara on and she's playing at you know, dolls in the dollhouse and everything. And, and I say, bye kids. And again, so what do you cop, Jeremy? They all come running and, you know, a group of kids comes running and they yeah. just kind of attack you and yeah. give you a hug and it's say It's kind bye. of scary. And, it's a little scary. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they all say goodbye and and they all uh, turn around to leave. And I see her out of the corner of my eye watching them. And as soon as they all started walking away, as soon as I turned around, she comes running. Sawadee cop, pa Jeremy, and she just hugs my leg. Wow. And I was so like excited because that's a breakthrough for her. And so I, I, um, immediately I was like, somebody get a picture of this quick. (laughs) So I I have that picture. (laughs) Yeah. I I have that picture. Obviously I can't share it, but I keep it with me in my phone. Um, because when I get discouraged, I like to look at those (sighs) pictures. That's awesome. You know, when I, when I feel like, downtrodden when I feel like I can't go on when I feel like I'm failing at what God wants me to do when I'm when 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 I'm when I wake up and I'm like I don't want to do this today yeah not because it's hard to hear the stories that's hard too but just because I'm a human and I I have those days where I get depressed too yeah 
I begin to think about those kids and I begin to think about what God's done in their life and how much of an experience and how much more thankful they are sometimes than I am to God because of what they've been through. And that, that gets me through the day sometimes. That's so good, (laughs) man. That's so good. How many, how many girls do you have at one time? So our, we went from, it's just girls, right? That's what you take in. Yeah, yeah, so it, it, that's kind of a, um, a, a hard question to answer, and I'll and I'll explain. Yeah, we started with one home, and we had about six kids. And if you've ever done missions at all, or or you've been a traveling minister, you know that you need to be in front of people all the time. So first handicap for us can't show pictures of kids, right? Right. Oh, you can't exploit them again. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Um, and second handicap we couldn't legally you don't even think about that i want to talk about that for a second because that's something that you don't even think about as a organization who truly does need to raise money right right and you need to raise money i think of compassion international and you know sure the hungry children that we can look at talk to (laughs) how how much of a how difficult is that it's super difficult yeah um because um, back then we, we, uh, the only kids in our house were, had cases going on. And so we couldn't, we couldn't even block out their eyes or blur their face. We just, we couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and so, um, uh, so we couldn't, you know, that, that was just a huge like hardship for us. Yeah. Um, the second thing was we could only, have legally without being a Thai foundation, we could only have six, they might let us get away with seven, but basically six kids in our home. So if you can imagine the first two years, yeah. every time, like I only came back to the States maybe twice, maybe three times in those two years, but our email letters are, are fo- all my phone calls with pastors. Hey, how many kids you got? We got six. Wow. Oh man, that's all, you know, for, so for one, two, three, four, five, and six, it was awesome. Great news. We got a new kid. Gotcha. Oh, man, rescue. Ah, da, da, da. But then after that, after the first <laughs> three or four months, oh, here's another phone call. Hey, how many kids you got now? Six. Yeah. How many kids you got now? Eight months. Six. How many? Yeah. And Tr- people are like, well, what are you, what are you doing? Trust me, we're making a difference. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so that was that was really hard. Well, after two years... And God, you know, God graced us, man. We have yeah. great partners. Um, we have some partners that have been with us since we started. Yeah. And they just give faithfully every month. But we, uh, after two years, the police and a government social worker uh, said, hey, they were friends of mine. And they said, hey, we want to talk to you. And so I said, okay. So they pulled me aside and we sat down and they said, hey, for the last two years, we've been watching you. And I said, I thought we were friends. <laughs> yeah, that could and be they good. said, well, yeah, I know. I'm like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> and they said, well, we are friends. We're here to let you know we are friends. And we want to let you know that we we're watching you because we wanted to make sure that number one, you love the kids. Number two, you took your, you were taking good care of them. And number three, you weren't just doing it for the money. Wow. And so, um, excuse me. I got a notification there real quick. And so, um, 
So they said, you know what? In watching you for these last two years, we can tell you really do love the kids. You're not doing it for the money. And they said, right now you have the best homes in Thailand that we've ever seen. Yeah. And so from now on, we're going to start bringing all the cases that are, you know, that you would take, we're going to bring them to you. So we literally went from one home to two homes, to three homes, to four homes in a matter of like a year and a half. Yes. And, um, and just lat or just in March, the end of March, we actually, um, uh, we actually moved into a piece of property with a big 11 room home. Wow. It's got a music room. It's got a wall around it. It's got bungalows. If we have get like teams yeah. come over um, and before anybody freaks out about, Oh, you bring teams there. We do FBI checks. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, we vet everybody. So, um, so God just blessed us with it. We don't own it yet. We're believing Amen. that it will be given to us. Amen. And, um, and so we're just, we're trusting in the Lord and we'll, we'll see what he does, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah. And, and since then we've been given property in Peru, Mexico, and we have somebody on the ground in India right now that we're beginning to work with. Wow. So as men, and so for, for, to answer your question, yeah. to go back to that, Right now, I believe we have about 17 children, if I'm not mistaken. And sometimes, it, you know, I try to stay in close contact, but sometimes we, you know, we gain another kid or two. Um, but altogether, we've probably reached um, outside of our home, that, including our homes, including kids and schools and stuff. We've reached over five, I would really say more like 6,000 uh, children over there because at one point we started taking teams into schools wow. and they would shut down the whole school for like two hours, three hours. And we talked to them about internet safety and we talked to them about anti-human trafficking and wow. about what to look out for. And it was awesome. So that is so good. I want to go back. You, you had mentioned you, you met the guy who had rescued the girl the first girl you had. What does that, what does that mean? Cause a lot of us, we think of the movie taken and we think of Liam Neeson breaking in and rescuing a girl. When you, and I don't need definites about that situation, but when you say that somebody rescued a girl, what's that look like? What do you mean by that? First of all, I just wish I could be Liam Neeson. Uh -huh. I wish I could. The voice, that would be so everything. awesome. <laughs> the set of I, I skills. Mean, epic, right? Yeah. It's uh, a dream job uh, right there. Yeah, that would be a dream job. <laughs> Justice served. Exactly um, right. No, uh, so. You know, for us, a lot of the times what rescue looks like is police stepping into a situation, okay. social workers stepping into a situation, whether it be a domestic situation yeah. or whether it be uh, them busting up a, a trafficking ring in the slum yeah. um, or uh, or uh, or them, you know seeing an underage girl in a bar or just hanging out around the bar. Yeah. Um, that's what rescue a lot of times looks like. There are people that go undercover. There's organizations, there's great organizations yeah. out there that go undercover. But for us, most rescues look like that. And, um, kind and of an reason, orphan, like an orphan situation, right? Like 
not unlike our foster care system somewhat? I mean, where the, the, the child literally needs to be put in a home? I mean, is that? Uh, I would say more like, um, like the pastor on the island, he, he found that girl hiding and, and found out what was going on. It's a small okay. island, so it yeah. was very easy to find out what was going on. Um, and he just took her in Gotcha. and, yep. um, uh, and we involved a social worker. So we do everything legally, yeah. uh, when we take kids in, uh, in Thailand. So, uh, so we involved a social worker with that and, and, and just made sure everything was done correctly. Um, so it's not as, as exciting as yeah. Liam Neeson. It's not right. as exciting as, right. Hey, we're going into this brothel and we're grabbing yeah. kids and we're running out and. I think those stories are great and some of them are true, but I think that a lot of times those stories are sensationalized yep. to raise money and it works well. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's a miracle for that child that you guys are dealing with, whether Liam Neeson pulls them out of a brothel or whether they're needing Absolutely. a loving family to pour into them. It's a miracle, right? <laughs> Absolutely. No, yeah. I, I say all the time, our kids have gone from the pit to the palace. Wow. You know, they've gone from victor to, or from victim to victor. Yep. And, um, you know, we're not raising victims. We're raising victors and leaders in the kingdom of God. And, and something that, that I always like to share is that when we first started, kids would ask us, um, either through translation or some of them do a little bit of English. And they would say, why are you doing this? You know, and that was our opportunity to, to share Christ. And, yeah. But what's really cool now is that when new kids come in our homes, they don't ask the adults. They talk to the other kids now. And the other kids now are saying, oh, we're Christian. And then they're leading them to the Lord. And so it's That's really good. cool to see that like baton be passed. Yeah. Um, and just that that fire of God and that, that revival really. That's good. That in flame the hearts of these passed. kids. That's good. Absolutely. And most of our kids play instruments. Now they do Bible studies at night and sometimes they do it alone. They don't, they don't wait for the, the, the house parents. They sometimes they'll just do it. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, it's very, it's interesting. It's That's awesome good. to watch God move like that. I saw on your site and I think you just mentioned it, but the difference between, uh, surviving and thriving. Can you talk about that a little bit? What's your heart behind? Um, well, the name, the name of your organization, right? Absolutely. What, what's that thrive um, word mean for you and what you guys are doing? So for me, um, it's funny you asked that because today I was, I was, uh, today was a great day, but there was one point in the day where I was like, God, am I like, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling, God. Why? Why did I pick that name Thrive if I'm going to struggle? Yeah. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm just kind of thinking this in my mind, and just kind of like, God, what? You know, I'm struggling in this. You know, I'm struggling to make this happen right now. Like, yeah. God, I need, I need finances to do this, or I need, Lord, I need a C130 to go do this. That's like, good. But that seems really far off. But I need it like now, yeah. not in three years, you yeah. know? And, and so for me, thriving is not a matter of what you have physically. It's a matter of what you have spiritually. Jesus said, don't be surprised 
when <laughs> when try when when you're bombarded, you know, Paul said we're we're crushed, you know, or yep. all this stuff, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so thriving for me is is really thriving in spirit first and having that fiery, passionate relationship with God. And then number two, watching that overflow everywhere you go. That's good. And so that that's what I would say thriving is. That's good. Uh, for me. That's a good lead in too, because my next question was about, I'm, I'm sure you've probably witnessed a lot of darkness through stories, through relationship with these girls, through the authorities, through, you know, hand to hand, whatever you've had to deal with. And it's real life things that most of us have only seen in the movies. Let's be real. Yeah. How do you stay grounded? Like how, how do you, I mean that, how do you keep yourself from, from wanting to never look at a human being again? Um, well, if I can just be real transparent, yeah. um, doing this has, has cost a lot and I don't want to shift res- responsibility from myself, but I was married for 18 years and one morning in Thailand about four years ago now, my wife got up, she left to take a uh, volunteer to the airport at seven in the morning and she never came back. And it's taken me a while to get, to get to this place. And it's taken me a while to get to this place, but I don't fully blame her anymore because we were both burnt out. Yeah. We were burnt out from being in another country for too long without a break. We were burnt out and from not having enough fellowship, um, which is our own fault. Um, We were burnt out from all the stories and, and, and the, the issues that come along with ministry and, and trying to be a leader and, and, um, and, and letting people get too close to you sometimes. Um, uh, and I want to say there's, there's a healthy way to do that, but, yeah. but so there's been a huge, um, a huge learning curve for me. And so I, I've had to go to counseling. Um, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've gone to counseling. I've stayed close to my, my pastor, uh, my pastor friends, um, uh, my board. Uh, when that happened, they walked me through it. And so I just say that cause I want to be transparent and yeah. I don't want everybody to think that everything's roses and rainbows and cupcakes. Um, cause I think a lot of times we hear speakers, um, speak and everything seems awesome. And we look up to those people and we say, wow, th- like, I want to be like that, but we don't count the cost. It's good. And we, we don't understand the struggles that they've gone through and, and the, the, the price that they've paid. And so I say all that uh, to say this, I'm a lot more thankful now for the people that have paved the way f- before me. It's good. And, um, and I, I don't want to say I've arrived, but I, but I, I get it a lot more now that 
Bible says, honor your mother, honor your elders. Yeah. And, um, and so I always look for opportunities now where I can, where I can honor men and women of God that have been doing this longer than I have that have, that have broken that, that glass ceiling so I can get to the next level or so we can get yeah. to the next level. And now it's our turn to break that glass ceiling for the ones that are coming up. And so how do I keep myself grounded? Um, I continually, uh, I continually stay just foolish enough to say yes every time God asks me to do so something. Good. And and it keeps me humble and it keeps me in faith and it keeps me in a place where where I'm like man I, yeah I'm a prince. Yeah I'm a priest, I'm a king and a priest. But I I've, I've been humbled. My my crown is off. My crown goes to Jesus. His grace is sufficient. His mercy and His grace carry me everywhere I go. And it's good. And even though I feel like I'm being dragged, sometimes I know that that God is is carrying me. And I and I think that I think that people need to hear that. If if people want to get involved with ministry, if people want to be a pastor, or they want to be a traveling evangelist or a prophet or whatever whatever title you want or whatever ministry you think God's called you to, I think it's awesome. But just get around good people and make sure you have good people around you because you know what? It's just part of life. That's good. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be bumps in the road and you got to have good people around you that are going to, that are going to love on you, that are going to encourage you, that are going to kick your butt when you need it, that are going to, you know, that are going to come alongside of you financially when you need it. Um, that's good. So that's how I stay grounded. I don't know if that's a good answer. That's a, that's a great answer. It's a great answer. And I want to, can I encourage you? I want yeah, to, like, I really want to speak into your life right now, man. I feel like, um, I understand the grind personally. <laughs> I, I mean, just the, the ministry grind in general, and you're a little bit outside of the, the church ministry realm, but it's ministry nonetheless. And, I want you to know that you do not have to carry any burden other than the kingdom of God. Like, and and it's a light burden, right? Yeah. Amen. It it is a light burden and it's righteousness, it's peace and it's joy in the Holy ghost. Amen. So I just, I speak that over you right now because you are doing kingdom work, my friend. Thank you. Kingdom work. I receive it. I receive it. And you are taking risks and I promise you, that the Lord's there every step of the way. And that's good. That's good. Like there's many of us who haven't taken a risk, let alone like risks, like moving to Thailand, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not trying to put your risk above anybody else's, but I think, you know, no, what I'm no, saying. Like, the kingdom of God is with you and you are doing its work, man. And that's, Amen. Uh, I just, I speak joy over your life, bro. Amen. There's Amen. joy in that kingdom grind. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you know what's <laughs> what's interesting is like when I go to churches, um, uh, a lot of times people will just like I, I'll I'll be a little tipsy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and um, and that kind of, I mean, it gets on to other people when I go and minister, and so 
but when I, when I'm able to talk like this, I always just like to share like, because I think people see the supernatural things or the, the physical things that the supernatural things have made happen. Yeah. But, but we don't talk about the, like, the issues that so that good. you have in your heart sometimes it's you don't so you know you don't hear a lot of ministers say yeah i was i've been dealing with depression and yeah you know and i had to take medication for six months you know or, or anything like that you yeah. know you hear about oh this pastor committed suicide or you hear hey this ministry is growing and it's awesome and, and i didn't even know it. he was dealing with that right we've heard that a thousand right. times yeah and so i i share that because when I get a chance to minister or when I, you know, like this or, or at a church, because there's people out there that, that are hurting and there's yeah. people that are dying and yeah. there's people that, that need to know that there's other people going through stuff. You're not the only one. Well, you're not alone. Yeah. And when you go through stuff like divorce or especially in ministry, it's like, you feel isolated. You feel like, dude, is anybody else out there? Am, am I the only one that feels like this? Are, am I going crazy? Like yeah. you, you know, the devil tries to creep in and unless you have people like, like yourself saying, Hey, yeah. bro, I'm speaking into you or, so you know, or like my board or like my pastor saying, no, nah, man, you're not crazy, dude. That's the devil. You're doing good. good right now. You keep on going. It's good. You know, I can't imagine what it would be like without those people in my life. Yeah. And, um, so anyways, good. thank you for that. Yeah, man. That's awesome. How can, how can people help? Like, how can, how can my listeners, how can I, how can we partner with you, help you? What's the best way for us to, what's the best place for us to go to, to learn more about what you're doing and how we can sure. partner with you? Sure. So we're on all, you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm personally on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, uh, but Thrive is on on Facebook and Instagram. Um, there's there's several ways. Uh, prayer is always number one. Um, I would be amiss if I didn't say money because yep. it takes money to to do kingdom work in this world. And yep. so, uh, giving partnering with us monthly is is a huge deal. Um, you can go to our website thriverescue.org. And you can just give, uh, you can choose how much you want to give. You can do it one time. You can do it monthly. Um, right now, I think I have a link up on our Instagram uh, and possibly Facebook. Uh, we're going to Peru in February for a month to, to just establish some relationships. So right now, like for a donation of $20 or more, you'll get Peruvian coffee. We just got it roasted. So you can do that. Yeah. Um, you can just sign up for our, for our email list. Uh, we try to get the email out every month and just update everybody about what's going on. And, um, and we also have a thing called the justice school that we're going to begin to talk about in the next couple of weeks here, uh, where you learn about anti-human trafficking and what it takes and what it involves. And, and then at the end, we actually are going to be going and spending a week, week and a half in Mexico and, 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 doing like boots on the ground um, and, and doing ministry there. And then we'll have like a, a graduation certificate ceremony there. So, so there's all kinds of different ways um, to get involved. And I, I would say follow us on social media, partner with us through our website, thriverescue.org and, and just pray for us. Yeah. Um, the devil, 
does not want us to do what we're doing. Um, And uh, God made me a little foolish and a little stubborn, a lot stubborn. Yeah. So that works in my favor when I'm living for God, because when he tells me to do something like, I'm just going to yeah. do that. He's going to have to pry me away. <laughs> right, right. That's so. good. That's good. Well, man, so I appreciate so, yeah. I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate that that vulnerability that you shared there. And um, you're right. I think there's power in that. I think that's something that, unfortunately, the church lacks is yeah. vulnerability and realness and you cannot deal with vulnerable children and real issues and not understand that yourself, you know? Absolutely. And I I have to say this though, because I I heard this all grow up. God will give you double for your trouble. And I never really understood it. And and I don't just want to end on like, Oh man, that poor guy, dude, he's really been through it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Let me just tell you, let me just tell you, I'm, I'm remarried. Yeah. I'm I'm about to have a baby. Yeah. Um, and, and my wife is super hot. Like, yes. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Lord. Thank you. Like I get up every morning and I look over, I'm like, seriously, God, that was, thank you. That was awesome. That's good. Way to go. That's good. So like, I'm super blessed. And, and, um, I, I don't want to just, I don't want people to think that I'm just, all, you know, no, I'm glad you but I do want to yeah. share the reality That's of good. it. So anyways, That's good. and it's welcome to the outkick your coverage club. I okay. did the same thing. <laughs> I did the same yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I married way up, bro. Way yeah, for up. sure. For sure. <laughs> I want to pray for you. Is that okay? I want to end this thing with, Absolutely. with some prayer. Father God, we thank you for Jeremy Krause, yes. and we thank you for his family. We thank you for his willingness, Father God, not just to serve, but to obey. And I just pray right now for joy and for peace to be involved with everything that he does, Father. I pray that it be supernatural. I I pray that there be those moments where there should not be peace, but there's peace. Those moments where there should not in the natural be joy. It's not a joyous situation, but there's joy there, Father. And I thank you that everywhere he goes, you're there with him, that you promise to never leave him or forsake him. And we just thank thank you, you, Father, for the, the, the more that you've given him because he's chosen to, again, not just serve you, but just be with you. And so I thank you. I pray for his relationship with you, Father. I pray that it grow on a more personal level. I pray that he learn deeper and deeper things about his Father God and that he learn more how to do what you're asking him to do, Father. So we thank you for that. I pray for the finances to come pouring in. I pray blessing right now over Thrive Rescue and over this mission. And we just thank you, Father, for the work that he's doing. And we just pray blessing over it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bro. This was so good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for allowing me to come on, man. Yeah, and share my story. I appreciate, I really appreciate it. it. And uh, we'll be in. We'll be in touch. And, for sure. Uh, we'll have to. We'll have to have a cup of coffee when I get out to the Midwest and go fast fishing or something. So good. Bless you, man. Thanks you again. Too, man. This was. Uh, this was great. We'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. Thank talk you. Later. See you.